Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Why don't we just uh, take a moment, close our eyes together, and prepare our hearts to come to God's word. Um, It is a double-edged sword, that's what it's described as. It's something that speaks right into our, our very beings, and we have an opportunity this morning to hear the voice of the God of the universe as we come to his word. And so let's just take a moment to prepare our own hearts for that. To ask that he would say what he wants to say to us as individuals. To ask him to give us hearts that are willing to respond to anything that he puts his finger on. To be open for his encouragement this morning to keep walking with him and running the race he's marked out for us. Father, we thank you that of all people in the world, we are the most privileged as your children because of exactly what Val talked about. We now have the promise fulfilled in us that your Holy Spirit is given to us and that now your promise Lord Jesus is that you will never leave or forsake us you went through a moment on the cross where you were forsaken utterly so that we would never have to be forsaken and uh, we're grateful for that and so we come now to your word and ask that you would Speak to us through it. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read a, a psalm, or about a half of a psalm. It's quite a long psalm, so we're not going to read all of it. To get us kicked off in this new year. And uh, it's Psalm 37. The words will come up on the board. It, it's, a, it's a fairly long passage, um, so stick with it. But as you hear the words and read them on the board, let God speak to you this morning as you consider the year ahead. Psalm 37. And we're going to look at verses 1 through to 20. And we're going to particularly focus on verses 1 to 6 in a moment. This is a psalm of David, and we know one thing about it, and that is that he writes this psalm towards the end of his life. Later on in the psalm, from a part that we won't read together, he talks about, now, once I was young and now I am old. And so David is very much sort of almost looking back on life. And through that process of looking back on life, he writes this psalm to bring us some godly wisdom about how perhaps we also should walk. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, 
they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish, vanish like smoke. May God bless his word to us. Well, I don't know if you do this reflection thing at the end of a, uh, a year. And so, Happy New Year to everybody. I don't know if you do have time for reflection. I found this year, actually, there wasn't a lot of time for reflection. I don't know about you. you sometimes you get to New Year. And if a New Year's Day is on a Thursday or a Friday, then quite often you don't. If it's on a Thursday, you don't go back to work on the Friday. Lots of people will take Friday off. And then you've got the weekend. So you hit New Year and you've got three or four days before you engage back in work. But this year, with New Year's Day being on a Monday, you get through everything and suddenly, boom, back into work again. Hardly a moment to breathe. And so, I don't know about you, I found it quite difficult to find any time to reflect. Christmas week itself is really busy, isn't it? Lead up to it's busy. New Year's Day, we're all recovering from New Year's Eve, and then suddenly we're all back to work. And uh, you don't often have a lot of time sometimes to reflect on the, on the previous year and think about the next one. I was talking to uh, a, a, a guy who I work with a little bit um, in one of the schools that I'm brought in to, do, to give some consultancy support to, and I've got to know this, this younger guy. He's got young, two young children. Uh, he's on the management team of this school, and I've got to know him quite well. 
And uh, just uh, in the last quarter of the year, last two or three months actually, uh, he had a really difficult time. His son became very, very ill, was hospitalised, didn't know what it was. And uh, at the same time, he got a, a very worrying diagnosis himself and had to go in quickly for, for surgery. And uh, I had one of those moments that sometimes you have in God where suddenly there's this opportunity to pray with somebody. And, uh, and you know, we have to we think, shall I, shan't I? What's, what if someone walks into the, to the office where we are and I'm praying for him? No, come on, we're going to do it. So I offered to pray with him and it was a real joy to be able to do that. And uh, just before he went into hospital, he was quite emotional and uh, then he came out of hospital, the, the, his little boy got better and uh, so, he, uh, and he himself had a had a good outcome from the treatment he'd had. And I saw him just last week, and uh, he talked a little bit about last year, what that had been like for him. And uh, interestingly enough, which I, I was really pleased to hear, he said, "Oh, I've got a church, some church leader who lives just down the road from me." And I bumped into him just before Christmas, and he said, "Oh, why don't you come along? I'm doing a carol service." And I went along with my family, and oh, it was great. About 250 people there. I was thinking, "Yes, that's fantastic." And then he said, but, you know, I'm just hoping for a, for a, for a better year this year. Touch wood. Touched his desk. <laughs> hoping for a better year this year. I'm hoping for more conversations with that guy this year too. I am. Um, the Bible says, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. And therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. And that's, the, that's true, isn't it? However much we might hope for a better year, and I, and I hope for a better year for some of us this year, I hope for a better year for this guy at, at, who I met at school. But the reality is that none of us actually know what type of year is ahead, and we don't know whether it's going to be plain sailing or whether we're going to find ourselves in the eye of a storm. And, of course, the reality is that even if our overall impression of a particular year is that we've had a good one, we're always going to have some days in that where we do feel like we're in a storm. We're in a bit of a storm. And I think David's words here are helpful for us as we think about how we might walk through this next year. So we're going to focus on those first six verses. So I'm just going to read those again, and then we're just going to unpack a little bit of that. And then I'm sure there'll be time at the end maybe for us to sing and, and pray. Let's hope. So just those first six verses, and let's see what the Lord would say to us through David about how we might approach this new year. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither, and like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Okay. Well, the first thing talks about not fretting because of evil men. And I think that's a really important piece of, of guidance for us because actually when we look at the world around us and when we watch the news, 
it's really clear that there's, there's a lot of evil going on and there are a lot of evil people out there. There are lots of people affected by and influenced by evil. But David's really clear about this. As God's chosen people, that's not something we need to fret about. In fact, through this psalm, he says that again and again. Do not fret because of evil men. Because the, do you know what? That's the Lord's business. It's not ours. So one piece of advice I think that we can pick up from David straight away is just to be careful about some of those conversations that we can get into in the workplace and the rest of it when we're just starting to feel influenced by what, what people are feeling about the world that we live in. And it can so easily spread into our own hearts. And we can start to fret about the world and have those conversations about things getting worse. Well, do you know what? That's what the Bible says is going to happen. It says that things will get worse. Paul talks about that. He says evil men will, will go from bad to worse. For the Christian, that brings us the sense of hope that the Lord is coming soon. God will return. Jesus will return. And so, so first of all, it's probably helpful for us just to remember not to fret because of what's happening around us and what we see on the news but to remember that God is still sovereign and that these are the birth pains of Jesus coming back. So, first of all, let's not fret. Let's try not to. Trust in the Lord and do good. So we're going to just look at a few of these sentences. They're almost they're conditional sort of sentences. So trust in the Lord and do good. And that seems like quite an unexpected link. To tr- I, to, I, and I need to be able to trust in the Lord to do good. And uh, one of the things that uh, I do quite a lot of as a, um, a university teacher now, teaching new teachers how to become teachers, trying my best, is I have to find out quite a lot about, about child development myself. I'm doing quite a lot of reading at the moment about how the brain works and how the mind works and how children's minds develop. And we're finding more and more out about that through this thing called cognitive science. And there is one particular theory from a theorist in the 1950s, a guy called John Bowlby, called attachment theory. And and some of you who are in professions would have heard of attachment theory before. And attachment theory talks about the need for a baby in the first six months of life to strongly attach to some primary caregivers. John Bowlby thought that that would be the mother, and he did some studies around that, but actually since then we found out it doesn't really matter who it is, and it can be more than one person, but actually a a young baby needs to attach. They need to attach, and it's called secure attachment. If you get insecure attachment, then it can have real implications for a child as they develop. So secure attachment. There should be a picture, I think, of secure attachment. There we go. Secure attachment. That word trust actually comes from a Hebrew word, and the root of that Hebrew word is to go quickly for refuge. That's what trust means. It means to turn quickly somewhere for refuge when you're in a, a position of uncertainty or danger. Yeah? And so some of these studies that they did on attachment, they found that um, young children who were were well-attached 
would return to the caregiver if they were uncertain. Mm, okay, where's dad? Right, where? I do that. Children who weren't so well attached were a bit ambivalent about that. They just cried. They didn't know quite where to go because they hadn't formed that attachment. Now, here's the interesting thing. The research about attachment also shows that children who are well attached are also much happier to take risks and to move away from the parent to take some risks than children who have insecure attachment. You see, because they know that dad's there or mum's there. Very tempting to think about, ah, it'd be great to go there, to be here, but actually, you know, the safest place to be is the place that God has put you right now. That is the safest place for you to be. It's not to strive and and to not to be tempted to look into the other lands, but to be in the place where God has put you now. And of course, that might not be the same in a month's time or in six years' time. He might move you on, and then suddenly you'll have a safe pasture somewhere else. But to be content. There's something about being content. And there's another point in one of the other Psalms where David says, the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. And when we are in the place where God wants us to be, then the boundary lines for us are likely to be in pleasant places, even if it's in the middle of the city. It doesn't mean that it needs to be a beautiful environment, but actually the safest place, the place where we will enjoy safety and provision and God's provision. So if you think about those two words, safe pasture, it's safe and it's, it's pasture. So it's, it's talking about sheep being in a, having a safe pasture. So it's God's provision and his safety. The best place to be is in the place where he intends us to be. That's why it's so important that I don't try and make those decisions on my own. But actually, the first thing that I do, if I feel the Lord might be moving me on, or, the, or, or, or if, if I'm starting to like what's over there, or actually, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite drawn to that aspect, to that job. I'm, I'm just, oh, I'm really... Now, the first thing I must do is I must make sure, is this the land where I'm supposed to be dwelling, God? Are you moving me on to another pasture? Or is this still my pasture? And if it is, then, oh, God, I'm just, I just want to dwell here. I don't want to be dissatisfied. I don't want to be constantly striving for something else. Lord, if this is the place and if these are the boundary lines that you've set for me, then I'm going to stay here, I'm going to dwell here, I'm going to linger here, because this is the place where I believe in faith that you will provide for me, and I will be safe. Dwell in the land. That's really helpful for us, I think, as well, because because the world shouts out about all sorts of possibilities, about career and and entertainment, and all sorts of things. It shouts out, no, you're missing out. Do this. You're missing out. What, how much of your money do you devote to that church? My goodness, do you think what you could be doing with that if you weren't? And the world cries out to us, and God says, no, 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 dwell in the land where I put you, and you will enjoy safety, and you will enjoy my provision. You can settle. You can be content. 
you will even begin perhaps to find, oh, boundary lines falling in pleasant places for me. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now we quite like this one, don't we? Especially the, 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 the second bit. He will give you the desires of your heart. This, this um, past part of the passage is quoted often. I think it's also quite often misunderstood, if I'm honest. And actually sometimes, again, we don't take that conditional part of it. Oh, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, but there's a condition to that. You've got to delight yourself in the Lord. The second part is conditional upon the first. When we're feeling dissatisfied with life, one of the first questions we perhaps should ask ourselves is, where is my, is my centre of delight in the right place? Or has it shifted? You know, you find yourself sometimes, you think, I just feel a bit dissatisfied at the moment with life. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit on edge, actually. I'm just not... Has my centre of delight shifted, if that's the case? And one of, the, one of the, the best ways that I know to realign our centre of delight in the Lord, rather than in other things, which can so easily creep in, we would call those idols, actually, idolatry. It's quite easy, isn't it, for other things to slip in and to take our delight and to take the place of the one from whom we should be seeking our satisfaction. One of the best ways to recenter it is worship. Is worship. That's why corporate worship is so helpful. I don't know about you, we've been away for a couple of weeks. I mean, some, maybe some of you got to other churches, but, but also sometimes worship over Christmas, even where if you go to another church, is some, some, a bit different. And actually, there's something about just being together and worshiping again together corporately. That can help to recenter where our delight is again, where our centre of satisfaction and focus is. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Lord, it's you again. Yeah, it is. You. Oh, yes. Okay. So, do you know what? Some of that other stuff that I've been striving after, that, that some of those things I've been grumbling about, oh, it's because my centre of delight has gone elsewhere. I've looked elsewhere, and it's. You know what? There's a, a passage that talks about where, where, where in Jeremiah. God says to the people, you've, you've dug cisterns for yourself and they're cracked. Back in those days and in that country and in that part of the world, to store water, you had to dig huge pits, cisterns for the water to be in. And God says, you've dug cisterns for yourself and they're cracked and the water's running through. You've, you've turned away from the stream. That's me. You've turned away from the, from the stream of living water that keeps flowing all the time, that's always there, that's always fresh. You've dug for yourself some cisterns and they're cracked and the water's seeping through. And when we turn to other things, that's what happens. We think we're doing something to, oh yeah, no, this is, this is, uh, this is really going to make me satisfied. But actually after a while the water seeps away. We find ourselves feeling a bit miserable about that and grumbling about that. And why is this not working? Oh, perhaps it's not working because actually I, should ne- I shouldn't be here anyway. I should be, actually my delight should be here. That's where I should be looking. So here's my encouragement to you. If you find yourself this year feeling those moments of 
irritation or dissatisfaction. If you find yourself grumbling, that's probably quite a good sign. Grumbling with people you work with, grumbling with family, grumbling internally. If you find yourself grumbling about something, it probably means that your centre of delight has shifted. And it's time to come back to that. Sorry, Lord, <laughs> my centre's shifted. Let me come back to you, the stream. I've been, I've been fiddling around with these cisterns again. They don't satisfy. Let me come back. Let me come back. And worship is one of the best ways of doing that. Um, I was talking to John on Friday when we were in the office, and he, he constantly in the office will, if he gives, gets the opportunity, will have worship music playing and uh, to talk just about signing up to Spotify and how helpful that is and creating playlists of worship songs and all those. And I said, oh, okay, perhaps I should, I should do that. Yeah, okay. So that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions, actually, is to sign up to Spotify. £10 a month, isn't it, John, you said? £10 a month, and, you can create, and you've got access to all this stuff, all this worship music, and create your playlists. And, hey, do you know what? That might help me to remain more and better centred on him and have my delight there. So, worship, return to him. If God's in his heaven, then all's right with the world. Do you know one other thing I'd encourage you to do? Tell the Lord regularly that you love him. Tell him you love him. Now, quite often I will do that when I'm walking, if I'm walking to work. Um, I say, oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. That helps again. Oh, where am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Lord, I love you. Help me today, Lord. Help me to be centred on your love for you, Lord. I love you. If you don't regularly do that, tell the Lord you love him. Okay? You would do that with your spouse. You would do that with your fiancé, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. You'd do that, wouldn't you? You'd do that with your kids. You'd do that with your parents when you were small. Love you, Daddy. Do it with your father. Yeah? Tell him you love him. If you do that, it is likely also to change your relationship with him. Because if you have a view of God at the moment that is a little bit strict, he's a bit strict, he's a bit, I mean, he's a bit disapproving of me, I, I feel under his spotlight and I tell him you love him. Tell him you love him. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Because the other thing, of course, when you delight in him is he is he shifts your desires a little bit. So suddenly, actually, I'm not so worried about the Ferrari. Because <laughs> I'm delighted. I never have been worried about Ferrari, to be honest. But whatever it is, whatever your thing is, suddenly I'm a bit less, I'm less worried about that because actually he's my, oh yeah, if I can, that's my delight. Do you know what? That's fine. Lord, you give me more of you. you give me more of you and then that's, because that's becoming the desire of my heart. You are shifting me and changing me so that actually the desire of my heart is changing a bit. Because I'm learning to delight myself in you and suddenly the things that I really was pursuing, they're not so important anymore. Oh, give me more of you. Help me to do your will. Help me to walk in your ways. Oh God, help me to find ways that please you. Find out, the Bible says, find out what pleases the Lord. Oh Lord, f- help me. Find, f- find out what pleases you. Suddenly, oh yeah, no, I will that. I'll do that, son. Here you go. Do that. That pleases me. Oh, great, thanks. Thank you, Father. He shifts what your delights are. When you take your delight in him, he shifts what your desires are. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. We're going to finish with this one. Now, you know, I quite like 
looking up the roots of some of the words in the Bible. So, so what was trust? What was the root for trust? Turn quickly for refuge, yeah, okay. The root, the Hebrew root of the word commit is to roll. Roll. Or to roll away. Roll away. To commit your way to the Lord is to roll away your own right to self-determination. Do you know what, Lord? I'm going to roll that away. Do you know what? Sometimes, in fact, probably always, although we, sometimes we struggle with this more than others, uh, other times, oh, that is such a freedom. God, I don't know what, to, do you know what? This is hard. I think you're telling me to do this or to, I don't know what, I'm going to roll it away to you. I'm going to commit this to you. I can't do this, but you can. I'm going to roll it away. It can be freeing to commit your way to the Lord. It can also be very tricky because our sinful natures want to live life our own way. That was the trouble right at the start, wasn't it? With Adam and Eve, they wanted self-determination. And that is still very strong inside of us is the desire to determine our own life and to make our own calls on stuff. But David encourages us here to roll that right away, to roll it away and roll it to him. Lord, I'm going to commit my way to you. Now, it's interesting. I think because that is quite hard, David then inserts that word trust again. Commit your way to the Lord Trust in him. Come on. Okay, you've got to go back to him for refuge. God, I don't want to do this your way. I don't, want, I don't want to just let you decide this for me. I don't want to hand this one over to you. I want to remain in control of this. Oh, God, I'm going to have to come back. God, I need you for this. Father, help me, please. I need to trust you. Okay, I'm going to trust you again. Okay, commit your way to the Lord and trust him. I need to come back again because committing my way to him is actually sometimes quite tricky it is giving up my right to make the decision and the call but but actually what is the promise there's this fantastic promise and it's a promise that I can't bring about if I do remain in control and that is that he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun this committing your way to the Lord is not just actually about committing decisions to him or, or um, things that you're concerned about. It's, and it's not even just about committing your rights. In the context of this, it's about committing your right to validate and justify yourself in front of somebody else. So this, what, this is what this is writing about. This is writing about someone who's been unjustly treated. And David is saying, no, roll that away. You're right to justify yourself. Yeah, but I didn't... Yeah, but if I don't look... If I don't, if I don't cover my own back, if I don't tell everybody what was really going on in my mind when I did that or said that, then who's going to justify... Who's going to vindicate me? And David says, do you know what? <laughs> you leave that to the Lord. You give up your right of vindicating yourself and you roll that away. And if you do... He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. 
You can leave that to him. Paul reminds us in the New Testament that God says, it's mine to avenge, I will repay. So even if we feel like we've been hard done by, even if we feel like we've not quite been heard on this, David's encouragement here is for us to roll away that sense of my right to somehow justify myself and to leave that with him. And if I do that, then his promise, God's promise, is that he will vindicate my cause and he will make me my righteousness shine like the dawn. Roll away your right to self-determination this year. Roll away your right to self-vindication. Leave it with the Lord. It will free you and he will bring about the brightness of your righteousness like the dawn. So, let's finish. This new year is going to have lots of unknowns for us. But in God, it also has some really strong possibilities. And these will come up for you. That we will be able to do good. There's a possibility of doing good this year. That always makes me feel good. You know, look, this year... I could do good to some people. I could, I, I could make a difference. I could do good. We will like doing good. There's the strong possibility that we will be able to enjoy God's safe pasture for us. There's the strong possibility that God will give us the desires of our heart this year. And there's the strong possibility that our righteousness will shine like the dawn and the justice of our cause like the noonday sun. So what's our part in the bargain? Well, from what we've just read, it's quite amazing, really. Here's our part in the bargain, if we would like all of those things. First of all, I need to turn quickly to God for refuge. Secondly, I need to dwell in the place where he's put me to be. Third, I need to just delight myself in him regularly. I I need to delight myself. Oh, What's that? So, what, so you're telling me that I just, for these things to happen, I need to run to him for help. I need to, to find my delight in him. I, I need to just dwell in the place where he's put me. I just need to live here. I just need to roll away. I need to commit. I need to roll away my rights. Those things that I find quite difficult to make decisions. Oh, God, I don't know how. What, what am I going to do about this? Roll it away. No wonder Jesus said, if you are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Because when I look at this list, you know what? I think, oh God, you've made it so easy for me. In many ways you have. I'm not saying there's some struggles with some of these, but you've made it so easy. What do I have to do to access all of these wonderful things for this year? I have to run to you regularly for refuge. I have to dwell in the place where you've put me. I have to make sure I recenter myself regularly so that my delight is in you. And I need to roll away my rights to determine my own life when I make such a mess of that anyway when I do try and wrestle it back from you. Let's do those things this year and experience his blessing on us. Let's pray together and then I think, Matt, if we can just sing to finish, that would be great. Why don't we stand?
Lord Jesus, we thank you that though uh, we face a, a year when, when we cannot predict the future, and actually probably that's quite a good thing, because if we knew what the new year held for us, then there may be some challenges ahead, that, and the prospect of them at this moment would, would be difficult for us to handle. But we thank you, Lord, that you have promised to give us grace for every trial and every moment of this coming year. And we want to access that so that we can live in a a way that pleases you and find our greatest satisfaction in you and in serving you and walking with you. So this year, as we walk with you, help us, I pray. Help these people, help me to turn quickly to you for refuge and to trust you. To dwell contentedly in the place that you've put us to be in the workplace you've put us to be, in the families that you've put us to be, in the location you've put us to be, in the church you've put us to be. Help us, help me to dwell safely and securely and with contentment and peace in the place you've put us to be at this time until such time as you may move us on. Help us this year to find our delight in you so that increasingly, The desires of our heart are met because we find our absolute delight in you. Help us to turn quickly to you when we are tempted to grumble and when we feel those moments when we feel miserable and dissatisfied. Help us just to stop and to check and to review and to turn again. Find our delights in you. To avoid the temptation to dig cracked cisterns of our own and turn instead to the one who promises a river of eternal life to us. And finally, God, we pray you'll help us with this process of committing our way to you, of rolling away to you our own right for self-determination. We get it so wrong when we do that anyway. (laughs) Help us, Lord, to roll away, to commit our ways to you in every way, and then to trust that you will make our righteousness shine like the dawn and the vindication of our cause like the noonday sun. And these things we ask for your glory's sake, in the name of the Lord Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org you can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram you are welcome to share this recording as you wish but please do not make any edits without express consent thank you